Welcome to Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast, a podcast for resilient entrepreneurs. I'm Katrina Thomas, your host, and today I chat with Yeti Neuenhaus. Uh, Yeti is a speaker, model, and wellness advocate. As, uh, she's the CEO of uh, True Yeti, where she uses her personal stories of invisible illness, bulimia, Lyme disease, and depression to help women wake up from a life on autopilot and apologetically go after their desires. Yeti is also a health and wellness coach and she holds uh, several certificates in makeup uh, artistry and image consulting and she has uh, successfully completed two Ironman. So let's welcome Yeti and listen to her story now. And we're live. Hi, Yeti. Hi. Nice to meet you. Yeah, great to have you on the podcast and thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. Uh, I mean, this this place is, is is for resilient entrepreneurs and you you're one of the women who uh, can be called a resilient um, entrepreneur. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, so if if you can just um, talk a little bit about your background, where you're from originally, and how did you end up in Canada? Uh, well, yeah, I was born in the Netherlands, and uh, when I was 30, well, when I was 25, I married my husband, and uh, when I was 30, we moved to Canada, and we had a dairy farm in the Netherlands, and farming in Europe is uh, become a little bit hard uh, with all EU regulations and stuff. So we decided to move and chose, chose adventure and bought land in Alberta and then built um, a whole new dairy farm on it. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, my husband is, is, is a business guy. So um, we have some different things too, but uh yeah, I, I love it here, and um, yeah, we're very happy. And I have two uh, teenage boys, seventeen and nineteen. So, and one is actually going studying agricultural management, and is uh, is a future farmer, which the world needs. Uh. Yeah, I mean, Jetty from. Um someone <laughs> managing a farm to the fashion influencer how did you make this transition <laughs> well it, it, that that is a great question because it always bothered me you know I felt that I had to be this farm wife and um, be like all the other farm women but uh, I, I felt I couldn't be both I couldn't be all and now I'm just owning it all. But I've always been a fashion lover. When I was a child, I was drawing like little fashion puppets with outfits. And um, when I, I went to law school in Amsterdam, but I, I was I dropped out. It was totally the wrong choice. Uh, when I was 27, I did makeup artistry in Amsterdam for two years. And so then I really started 
started stepping into my passion, I've always been known for the fashion girl and and the label, the designer label girl, and uh, but but it always felt kind of wrong to be because uh, you know we all have expectations and. Um, like, oh, a farmer needs to look like this. A fashionista needs to look like this. But I just, uh, and then when I was in my 30s, I went to New York to do an image styling course. And that, that was from Canada then. And um, and kind of the last couple of years, it's all, all came together. I, I'm also a wellness coach and personal trainer. But I, at this year, actually, I decided I'm going to stop co- coaching because I was helping women to lose weight in, in a sane way without dieting, restrictive dieting. And I was like, I'm really going to step into my um, just my desire to, you know, to be on on the cover of a magazine, uh, to be modeling, to be an influencer and also to tell my um, story, everyone has a unique story, and um, especially about, uh, you know, just own who you are and don't be afraid to show it. Because, yeah, like you say, you don't expect a fashionista on on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> well, not probably me, but I've never been really into fashion myself, but maybe me in my early 20s. But uh, yeah, because normally you have this sort of image of beautiful young women, always slim. And I, I struggled myself with the weight um, when I was in my 20s because you get this pressure from 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 people around you when you're in your 20s expecting you to look the same you know a similar way uh you know a certain way you know be slim and you know have, have all this um sort of you know long legs and this and this and that and i guess this this can impact on 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 the way you even perceive yourself as as, as you know it can have an impact on your identity as as a young woman so what you um, you have quite an interesting story, you know, to to tell everyone because you struggled from from some um, you know mental health problems as a result of you know th- these expectations for you know that were put on you uh, f- f- by the society, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So could you just tell uh, tell us a little bit more about your experiences and what what happened? Um. Yeah, I had bulimia for 20 years, just over 20 years, on and off um, from 18 till 40. And um, yeah, it was pressure. You know, I was told that I had big hips uh, by, you know, by family members even and that it was genetic. So and then I had childhood trauma, too, and certain feelings that kind of fueled the eating disorder. And uh, yeah, the pressure to be thin, um, definitely. Um, the society, magazines, media, you know, and and that's part of where I am today. Like I'm not six foot foot tall, um, you know, um, and have the the model measurements. But mo- the modeling industry, uh, thank goodness, is is changing. 
But I just want to, you know, I want to rebel against the perfect influencer model image, you know, also age discrimination. Um, like, you don't have to be young to be powerful, you know, like, I think women yeah. should own um, themselves at every age. And I think in my mid 40s, I kind of felt, oh, I'm really mid midlife now. My I'm counting down now. My life is over, and and then I started. Then I started my business, and um, yeah, life is not over. Uh, we don't need to look a certain way. Uh, you don't, uh, and and that's what I was kind of with my weight loss too. You know, diets just don't work. You you cannot cut out sugar forever. You know, for to say it. And and that's what I was trying to teach too. And um, I just want every woman to feel confident uh, and own themselves. And um, but I'm I'm kind of drifting off. Yes, I did have a, a mental illness, the, the bulimia, and dealt with uh, depression at times. And and I think the main reason was, uh, yeah, the media how women should be um also um childhood trauma and um not knowing what was what was in life for me like not knowing what my passion was my desire i was just empty you know and and i raised two boys and i focused on that completely and you know of course the move to canada was intense um but i did not i did not know really like i knew i loved makeup i loved fashion and but i i didn't know how to start an, a business and i didn't even know that i wanted that so i was it was just um emptiness yeah but you know you mentioned perfectionist perfectionism mm -hmm. and uh i guess very often bulimia is caused by you know that feeling not not being hundred percent perfect, and you 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 compare yourself with others. So, have you recovered from this? Did you have perfectionism? Is it something that was a part of the problem? Yeah. Well, I think also yeah, perfectionism and and uh, not feeling in control because you cannot control everything in life, right? Certain things. As we all know, especially now during a pandemic, yeah. uh, you can't control. But um, and I think I was just very frustrated by things that I couldn't control, and that's how I controlled um, my weight um, or trying to be skinny and dieting and then binging. And I think in even in times when I had more stress, then it really, really came out. Like during the move to Canada. And then certain periods, uh, raising the kids and, uh, yeah, the perfectionism and definitely, uh, was a thing. And, and I, I recovered, but, and in the beginning from my business, I was a perfectionist too, you know, as a coach, I have my online business and I had everything in place, like every single system, um, and, that was also a form of, I believe that I needed to have all those things 
in order to be successful. And it's just, I learned that that's really not the case. And yeah, during the pandemic too, I mean, I've done a lot of self-work and, and I do uh, emotional freedom technique tapping. I, um, I meditate. Uh, and um, so I learned to be peaceful with myself and to be happy within myself. Like I'm, I'm happier now than a year ago and we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I just feel uh, so, yeah, I feel good. Like, uh, and I, I, I even have health issues uh, that are going to be addressed and I still feel, I'm still grateful for, you know, everything that happened to me and for life. And, and I think that's just the peaceful uh, that I learned to uh, create within me and not to be the, the perfectionist anymore. So I know that. Yeah, I, I, I think you are sharing this story uh, and I think you are doing uh, a great job because, again, there are so many young women and I was one of them as well. I mean, I was constantly comparing myself to to others, and I I, I started gaining weight just like you did. And I, I had some unhealthy eating habits, and I remember even you know some days I was almost like starving myself and not eating anything during the day because I was just hoping to get to that perfect shape. Yeah. But like you yeah. said, it's because you know you you just kind of there are things you can't control and you know when you especially you know younger you tend to kind of you know you you look for this um ways to um you know to to control the situation but by by trying to control what you can control and again it's women are get affected more than men but oh, like yeah. you said you know men also i mean today probably have have the same problems some men but uh, yeah. yeah especially women i mean it's yeah we always try to look better and, you know, you know, have makeup and have a nice hair. But sometimes we just, we need to accept who we are. And, you know, I've been yeah. reading what you were saying about yourself. And you said that, you know, self-love plays a huge role in, in your recovery as, you know, perfectionist. Yeah. 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 And, and also, I think that I was always, I never felt I fitted in. Never. You know, not in high school. And now I see that as a blessing, you know, I um, because I just didn't I, I well, I tried to be like others. Right. I compared myself and I tried, um, but I felt that I was too much. You know, I, I love fashion. I love beauty. I, lo uh, I felt all these things couldn't be really me you know and I'm not really a farm wife I'm not working on the farm you know it's um but I, I support my husband and my my son you know and I, I really started to embrace just me who I am and not fitting in and loving that you know and just um um I, I have a really small wheelhouse around me now so I don't get distracted i Literally, you know, I can focus on what I want and what I want to create. And, um, yeah, I love myself the way I am. Um, and, yeah, I do like to dress up and put makeup on and like to look good. But there are days that I'm like, okay, 
not today, sweatpants today. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I don't show myself. And, but for me, you know, dressing up and putting makeup on just is a, is a, is a form of confidence too. It just makes me feel good. And, you know, I love that about me too. And I think you just got to like who you like, who you are. And I really like who I am now with all my crazy things and crazy sense of humor. You know, if you don't like it, then that's fine. That was a hard one, though, because I was a very big people pleaser and codependent on others' opinions and uh, that, yeah, that that has has healed. And because I love myself, and if you don't love me, then, well, yeah, that's your problem. Then you know that's how I view it now. But that, that wasn't the way I used to live, though. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the f- funny you said that. You know, now you live on a farm, and you also mentioned in in uh, in one of your articles online that, you know, grass is not always greener, right, elsewhere. But Mm. I'm just kind of, I just want to say, I've always dreamt to live on a farm. (laughs) This is my ultimate, you know, I'm just kind of envisage myself to have some chickens. (laughs) It's it's so funny, but uh, yeah, it just... You just don't know. You think that someone else's life is much better or, or you know, they have a better life. And, and, and in fact, they may not. And no. again, it's finding that true self and really yeah. kind of having a peace with yourself. That, that That's what's important. That is so important. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I never really liked living on a farm, you know, I because uh, I grew up on a farm and I was... Uh, yeah, not like I was even bullied, you know, in the Netherlands for being, I, I was called dirty farm girl. And, um, and, but, but really in Canada, it's totally different. Um, you know, I feel respected, uh, totally respected here, but I have not in the Netherlands. In my high school, uh, I was one of the only ones on a farm and, um, yeah, it was kind of frowned upon. So when I met, uh, when I married a farmer, my whole family was like, I'm the only one who married eventually a farmer. And they're like, wow, that all of, from all of, uh, you know, the fashion, the fashion girl needs to marry the farmer. Um, that was kind of funny. But, but, you know, during the pandemic, it's been a blessing, seriously, because, yeah. I could just, you know, things went just normally on here on the farm and I could just kind of shield myself from kind of the outside yeah. world and the fear that, that people have. And so it, it I really um, appreciate it. The, yeah, yeah, but- the- if you actually if you actually look at the prices for the rural uh, places uh, I, I don't know if, if if you have the same sort of um, um trend in in Canada but in the UK definitely the price of rural properties went up because mm. people realized that actually they don't want to be stuck in you know, four walls, and uh, I, I have some, um, um, you know, some, 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 some friends and and people I I know who live 
who live in Italy and Spain, and they made the decision to move, uh, you know, to sell their property and kind of move to the rural area because they just realized yeah. that actually they don't want to be living in, in these boxes and they want to be out yeah. in the nature because it's much, much healthier. Yeah. So again, yeah. it's, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Unfortunately, you know, kids are very, very cruel and they, 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 they can cause all, all this um, psychological problems, you know, in, in, in childhood and, you know, especially, you know, when they bully and, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess every, every kid has to deal with this in their own unique way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, yeah and um, I guess it's just, it, it just is. But, you know, it's good thing you've recovered. You've recovered yeah. and you found your true self. But, um, you know, you mentioned uh, finding your passion. How do you go about finding a passion? Because you said, you know, I like, you know, I liked so many things and I was a bit too much. And I actually can, can relate it to myself because I didn't like school. And my, my first sort of choice was to go and become a hairdresser. <laughs> but then none of my friends actually wanted to become hairdressers. So we went to the medical sort of college and uh, and they, they didn't pass the uh, entrance, entrance exam, but I did. So I ended up doing four year uh, in a college and, and studying all this psychology and all, all that. But uh, I was kind of, throughout my 20s, I was in a constant sort of search for, you know, passion. And, you know, we hear this all the time. You know, you have to do what you're passionate about, stuff like that. How do you discover your passion? How do you know what you're passionate about? It, it's hard. Um, and But um, because I see it in one son, he well, he's going to university f- to study engineering um, he likes that, but it was hard for him to find. And the other son has passion about farming, which I find interesting that he has, you know, found his passion so young. Because for me, it really took a while. I think for me, it was more like, okay, I don't like this. It was like failing a hundred times. And, um, you know, also being grateful for those failures and even being grateful for those bullies and even grateful for all those people that showed me something, right? Yeah. But that passion, I, you know, like in the Netherlands, I remember at some point I was dating my husband and I got this office job and, you know, my family and, and family-in-law was like, oh, now you have a good job, you know? And I hated it. Like it was perceived had the ideal girl, ideal job for the girl. Um, and and then when I was 27, I started, I worked for a while at the body shop, an English company, right? Um, and I did, uh, then I went to makeup school during that time. And I started doing makeup workshops for groups there. And um, then I started working in a different uh, a high-end cosmetic store that I really loved. I loved it. Um, maybe not so much the sales part of it, but I just loved being around women that cared about, you know, makeup. And uh, But I still, when I moved to Canada, I was kind of, you know, there wasn't, a, you need to get uh, different diplomas again to get, you know, uh, and I had a one-year-old boy. I got pregnant soon. So I was like, yeah, you know, I don't want to work. I don't want to work in an office. I don't mm-hmm. want to work 
store anymore. And um, so, yeah, I really didn't know what to do. And then I had a life coach uh, and she kind of, she said to me, like, describe your ideal day. Like, what do you, uh, because at that point I was, I was having health issues and it turned out to be Lyme disease. So, and I was very athletic, which kind of had to do with the bulimia part too. I did Ironman triathlons, which wasn't really my passion, but more like a control thing and to have like uh, a community around me. And she asked me how, write down, how does your ideal day look like? And that was like, hmm, I'm meeting with a client. I'm going shopping with her, uh, helping her dress herself. And I would be in Calgary because I love cities. And and that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to New York. And over the summer holidays, I went to New York. And my husband was always very supportive in for me, you know, going alone and doing these things. And then I started my first business um, that w- it was called Style for Life as an image consultant. But I, you know, fear completely took over. I had no idea how to market myself, how to get it off the ground. And also I did go shopping a couple of times with people and I was like, hmm, hmm, you know, I, I didn't, I loved it, but I didn't love it. You know, there was something about it. So I quit. And um, then two years ago, three years ago, I met a friend in LA, that life coach, that same life coach. And we met each other for the first time and we went for lunch and she was like, you got to do something. You got to share your story. You got to help others with your Lyme story or whatever. And that's when I was, that's when I started, started studying uh, for wellness coaching. And uh, at that time I was really afraid to commit to something again, because I dropped out of so many things stopped and and uh, then my husband said well give yourself a year because I was afraid of the investment you know it was mm-hmm. quite expensive and so but then I was done within three months I loved it then I took personal training then I took nutrition coaching I took a writing course um, and I learned I took several courses about marketing you know how to so and then I started coaching and it started to go well until I got more and more offers on Instagram about, do you want to partner with us? And then I was like, yeah, you know what? Honestly, I would, I I always would have wanted to be like a model, kind of, you know, be in the spotlight, uh, speak, tell my story, even though I'm, I'm, I consider myself shy and, you know, easily, uh, things can block me or or I'm afraid that I will, you know, freeze. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, I'm just going to go for it. And But, I, you know, I always believed my whole life that I wasn't good enough to be a model, you know, according to the standards or not even good enough as a woman to be seen. And so then with the self-love part, I decided, you know, I can do I can be all these things. I can do all these things. And I have a really good marketing um, 
consultant and I've worked with her for a year and she really empowered me to to just go after my dreams what I really what I really want so yeah yeah you find your desires it's by by looking at what you really like what makes you really happy happy every day you know if that is um photography if that you know if you're making pictures makes you happy or whatever it is um i think that's the main thing i think people forget that okay what makes me really happy what do i enjoy doing but then people tell you oh you can't do that or or you can't be a paint an artist a painter because there's no money in it right it's but in this, this online world has been great for me you know and and um yeah probably for you too with your podcast <laughs> yeah no? i was actually i was actually listening to uh mike mikhailovitz book um because that uh, i i just buy this audible books because it's easy for me you know when you drive you just can yeah, you know yeah. listen to, to the books yeah. and i think he's uh, uh i think it's called search and he was actually um uh telling in the book that he was uh, asking someone about um that he wanted to write a book and then the other person said well no there's no money in it and you know you shouldn't be and he said well <laughs> how many books have you written <laughs> well i haven't written any of the books but you see you have all this experts right let's tell you yeah. what you should or shouldn't do <laughs> whether you can or cannot do things and you know some sometimes you know people tend to listen to those voices and he said i actually went and um oh uh uh tim ferris he was actually uh yeah. went to some he was in in a room with tim ferris and he asked you know can you actually make money can you be successful as an author and he said of course you can. <laughs> and he said, yeah. and that just changed his attitude uh, altogether. Because again, you need to ask people who, who's done it and who's been successful, as opposed to these naysayers who just kind of yeah. try to block you or try yeah. to sort of put you down because they, they, they're unsuccessful and they're fearful and they almost want to project that fear onto you. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I I definitely understand where you're coming from and what you're saying. But but you know, um, you mentioned Lyme Lyme, Lyme disease, and you also you're volunteering now, right, for the uh, Lyme Disease Society. When did this happen? Did this happen before you started your coaching business, or yeah, yeah, yeah? Started um, well. I, I recently found out another link in 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 the puzzle, kind of, because um, in North America, breast implants are very popular. Um, not so much in Europe, thank goodness. But uh, and I had them in 2008, and in 2012, I started to get symptoms, like weird symptoms. But I, I didn't um, know this until this fall when I got sick again, but then a year later I had apparently a tick bite and I had a bullseye rash on my left breast, like pointing to my, you know, to my breasts, literally, yeah. but I never put that together. Uh, so Lyme disease. Yeah. After four years I got diagnosed, you know, um, and was pretty much recovered. 
and and I think I am recovered from Lyme disease. But this fall, I had a weird infection, sinus infection, and weird allergic reaction. And uh, I had been told already by doctors, hey, you're, uh, I have know of women that, that have taken their breast implants out and, and are just like feeling so, so you, much better. You still have those implants? You still, I, 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 yeah. And so yeah. then uh, I realized in October, I, hey, I started to look into breast implant illness and mm. it was like, wow. And uh, I'm having surgery on December 30th, actually. <laughs> Yeah. December 30th, when just before the new year. <laughs> well, we are in lockdown right now, so it's... <laughs> Make sure they have some nurses around. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. It, it is. Yeah. I actually have uh, my first appointments next week in a hospital. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't regret that. It's also part of my story and yeah. um, it's part of my experience, but I would um, want to educate women on not, you know, doing it, how toxic it is. And no wonder, no wonder I was sick. And I, 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 I think I got the Lyme disease to show, hey, those implants need to go out. Um, yeah, because sometimes when they leak, they also kind of release all these yeah. chemicals and stuff and, and a jelly or something, whatever it, they it, put inside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, even if yeah. they are not ruptured, they do leak uh, toxins out of them. And I had no idea in 2008, you know, about these things. So, yeah. yeah. Well, just finger cross, everything goes mm -hmm. well and you yeah. you recover and yeah. you will feel much better. And, and you know, sometimes we do things in, in our early 20s, you know, to, to make ourselves... Yeah. As perfect as we, we right. think, yeah, and, and it's just unnecessary. And the thing is, it comes with age, I think, for women as well. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. you realize that actually you are who you are, and other people yeah. should love yeah. the way you are. And um, yeah. yeah, but it's uh, I I I I know where you're coming from. <laughs> I've had so many you know you know stories. Um, I've heard so many stories about what's happening and how it can affect women mentally and physically as well. But um, um, fingers crossed, everything will be fine. Thank but, you. you know, you've, you've started, um, you know, you, you, the Lyme disease also kind of, yeah. it, you, you said in your article that it gave you, you know, brain fog and you couldn't focus and you couldn't concentrate and stuff like that. But as you started getting sort of better, uh, you then decided to start your coaching business. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. How how does this? Because obviously, you know, being an entrepreneur is not is not it's not easy, right? Because you have you have ups and downs, yeah. and you have doubts and 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 sometimes fears. How do you how do you keep yourself in check so you don't kind of fall back to your, you know, to to another sort of bulimia sort of episode or how, how do you stay mentally healthy and, and um, how do you look after yourself? Um, well, I take a lot of self-care right uh, now and um, I, I see meditation and my uh, daily tapping 
I see that as part of my business and my brand as well. You know, I see that as work on myself to uh, to be strong in uh, you know as uh, as an entrepreneur and in. Um, I think the passion and the desire is so deep that there's just no way I'm going to stop. And I've really experienced that this fall when I was really sick, you know, I was really sick. Um, if it, it could, I had an infection and it could have gone into my brain and it could be, uh, yeah. So, but I did not want to stop. Like I kept up, up my social media as best as I could. And, um, and and I was kind of surprised by that, how deep the passion is. And I, I kind of always felt as like, I want to do big things. And I, I've always felt as a little kid that was going to happen something about, it's weird. It's, it's an internal feeling. Uh, but yeah, I, I had lots of fears and lots of like, <gasps> you know, moments of tight diaphragm and, and um, you know, the first time on video, like, well, you, you know, with what I want, you need to be on video. So that was so, so scary, but I just knew I wanted to push through because I'm shy and I have fear and anxiety. That's part of the bulimia too, right? It's, um, but I also, I also know I want my story to be out. Uh, so I knew I had to push through it. And, and I really learned that with every new thing that you do, you get this new level of fear that you got, you have to get through it. Like, and, um, and then once you do it more, it gets, it just gets better. Uh, and I think a lot of women, a lot of people just quit with the uncomfortable feelings of fear and anxiety, right? They think you, and I, I thought in the past too, oh, this doesn't feel good. Well, that can't be good. This is not meant for me <laughs> because I feel so much anxiety. Um, I have to quit. It's not for me. And uh, and I learned that, no, it's, it is really a part of um it's really a part of life. Um, if in anything new that you do, you will feel a certain level of fear and anxiety and it's normal. Um, yeah. And I think everyone, I, I, I mean, even Oprah has had anxiety with every new thing that, um, and, and I think then the self-love and self-acceptance comes comes in too right because I don't really you know I can say maybe something dumb during a podcast too but then I'm like I just trust myself you know whatever yeah. I'm is meant to be said and nothing is dumb like I cannot make a mistake in you know what um yeah. so yeah the did I answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, you you're saying things that it, it actually uh, uh, how I see uh, how I view you, uh, you know, your adversity actually made you stronger as a result, and you even mentioned this uh, in one of your uh, articles online that 
you are thankful for what's happened to you because you you are today because of your past experiences. But sometimes yeah. we do have to go through these hard experiences to get us where where we're meant to be <laughs> in the yeah. way. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, um, you know, when you um, another question, I guess I, I want to ask is, you know, um, have you made you know mistakes uh, since since you've started you know your coaching business and how did you how did you overcome those challenges or mistakes did you cuz cuz you, you mentioned you know being on a video and you know you had you constantly had to push yourself through so did you make any mistakes in the beginning of your you know coaching sort of uh, business and how did you overcome because like you said you know it's it's sometimes it's hard and you 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 almost like that yeah, I'm not gonna say something dumb or anything like that. But you know, if you're making mistakes, what are your strategies for overcoming those those challenges or mistakes? Um well I think just embracing them. Like like I said earlier that in my coaching business, I had everything in place. Like I had the calendar, you know, the appointment calendars, the I had the website with the shopping baskets um i had everything was in place and and uh, you know and and that's not what you need to be a successful uh business um what um but i you know when i rebranded this year i'm just more low-key now, in what systems do I need to have in place? Uh, it's the most important thing that is in place is me. <laughs> and I'm working on those things every day, you know, to to learn to see the value in mistakes. And of course, I'm going to make more mistakes. But one thing I've learned and what I'm really working on now to, is like to let go of expectations. Be, um, you know... I want to achieve certain things, but I'm just going to, I don't know exactly how it's going to look like once the world opens. I want to travel lots for, you know, for my brand with myself. Um, but I'm, I'm just letting go of expectations and really learn to love the now and what I what brings me joy and to focus on the things that bring me it's going back to how do you find your passion well to do the things every day that you enjoy and uh, that will fuel me enough to uh, to get me where I want to go and how it's all exactly going to look like I don't know because sometimes it's you know certain doors all of a sudden open and um you just gotta step into it but mm -hmm. for the coaching uh yeah I realized at some point too that I enjoyed it but I wasn't totally passionate about uh, and what I did like about the coaching I always had this dream of having a huge Instagram account uh, I've had that for years already but um and you don't really need that as a coach, you know, <laughs> but as a model influencer, it's very handy if you, if you, if you have that. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I I guess for me, it's been oftentimes like by doing things and realizing, okay, this is not 100% <laughs> what is for me. And mistakes, I just try to embrace them and see them as, you know, a learning um, a learning thing. And, and like I said, if I say something dumb, well, nothing is dumb, you know, or maybe according to some people, but it's what I just thought at that specific moment, right? And yeah. Do you have a supporting family um, that help you, you know, mentally on your journey? Yeah. Uh, also, also they help me physically with, you know, carrying the groceries inside. And at one point I was so busy studying. My youngest son helped me cooking because I just simply asked for help. I was like, I can't do this alone. And um, well, my boys are, of course, young. They're like um, not really paying attention that much or to my dreams or we're like, okay, mom, yeah, mom. <laughs> and but my husband is very supportive, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I guess he's not a typical farmer either. I guess that's why we married. He's different <laughs> too, and he's really, um, like, really want to support in my dream. And uh, he's he's a little bit shy too, and I'm like, tell him, okay, I'll just pull you along. You just come with me, and. <laughs> Um, because he is almost 53 now and, you know, worked really, really hard and just trying to take a little bit step back from the farm too and get more into managing and then uh, come with me whenever I have to travel in the future. And, uh, yeah, he he doesn't want me to give up, you know, if, if – there was a hard moment when I was sick. Um, yeah, no, he doesn't want me to give up because he sees how happy it makes me and how strong and how I've changed. And he's changing with me, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the nice thing, yeah. No, you you are definitely, because I, I think you're just eradicating this this sort of... This is shine around you. I don't know, maybe it's the light, but <laughs> I've looked at your podcast you did, I think, early this year. But you you look much healthy and, and you know, brighter as well. So I think it's definitely, you know, this, this what you do is, is helping you to actually, you know, sharing your story, being out there, inspiring women is actually helping you to stay healthy yourself as yeah. well. But yeah. yeah. This, this is my perception of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, and I, yeah, I, I, I believe that. You know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm happier now than a year ago in, in a pandemic, before surgery. But I, I, I view also that I got sick in the fall. I viewed it as a miracle. You know that my body was. I, I was I've done so much work that I was able to listen to my body and my body was telling me, hey, um, those implants need to go out, girl, it's time. And I was like, okay. And uh and 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 I think there that might be a part of my where I'm going to, you know, like um to educate women about that. And 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 it's 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 funny how it comes back to self-love because I have to love myself uh 
um, as a flat <laughs> woman, right? And uh, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, of course, but I mean, how appropriate it is, like for me to, to talking about self-love <laughs> and um, just having to love myself a little bit more the way I truly am. And uh, I mean, I'm not judging women that decide to have breast plants you know it's everybody's body it's it's your own body and you are the boss of your own body so you do whatever you feel you want to do nobody should judge for that but um for me i think as soon as i i'm doing pretty well you know and as soon as i decided that they had to come out i felt more energy um you know, I'm I'm doing pretty well considering I have all these things. Yeah. And, uh, it, the body and minds are just one, right? It's they're just one. They listen to each other. They talk to each other. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. The body and mind knows that a surgery is coming. Right. Yeah. Well, good luck again, uh, you know, for the future. But, uh, you know, Jesse, what would be your advice to starting female entrepreneurs? Because obviously this is our audience. What can you yeah. tell women, the girls who want to give entrepreneurship a go? I think the main thing is is believing in yourself. I think that is the the biggest thing that stops people and in this case, women, um, I mean, you have a desire, you have a passion, you love something. And, uh, and I think you can just believe in your own uniqueness. Like you got it. You got, you got the whole deal. You got the package, believe it or not. If you're shy, well, then you're just shy. You know, I'm not, blabbling on like oh hi I'm Yeti and I'm, that's not me I mean some women are like that and I believe that I have to be like that but no you can just be yourself with all your quirks and your um, your passions and your talent and it's okay to start somewhere and it's also okay to change along the road right I mean for me it was logical or somehow believable that if I started as a coach for me at that time that was uh, oh yeah I can do I can do that you know and that's how I started and it's 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 okay I think the world is only better for you know I mean there's a lot of heartache going on but it's it's also a lot a good time for opportunity you know mm. uh, right now and if you have an idea, start there and uh, write about it, journal about it, make a vision board. I, I, I have my vision board. I love it. But I mean, what I have doesn't mean that it works for you. You know, you got to find things that work for you. I don't really like journaling that much, to be honest. <laughs> but at some points, it did help me. You got to find the things that work for you right? You, you don't have to sit an hour in silence also as meditation. I like to listen to things, you know, to mantras, to affirmation. Mm -hmm. That is for me. I, you know, and, but I think you just got to own you. And the most important thing is believe in yourself 
And the people that tell you that you can't just don't listen to them. You know, that's why I keep my real house really small uh, so that I don't get distracted and I don't get distracted by negative energy of, and people that don't want me to do this. I just need women that are uplifting for me uh, around me. And, and I found those online women that have big goals, big dreams uh, that have, that are entrepreneurs. And that's what I want to surround myself with. I learned that too. And um, yeah, I feel so much love with that so but i would just say yeah start somewhere and really believe in yourself really believe in yourself yeah i mean the words of wisdom from yet <laughs> thank you so much for coming to the podcast i mean this, this is a platform to share stories like, like yours and thank you so much for being such an inspiration you are thank you thank for you. having me show it was uh it was fun i enjoyed uh, i enjoyed your questions and i look forward to listening to it definitely thank you so much it's in all the best with everything thank you have a merry christmas a merry christmas yes that's it because you <laughs> it's probably going to be the last uh, podcast and then i'll do a wrap-up before christmas so yeah it's it's going to be out very very yeah. soon so yeah fantastic and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill. Uh, so you can search for resilient entrepreneur skill and enable it as a flash briefing so that's all from me um, i wish i wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hack away till next time <laughs>